Grab your favorite cup. We're about to pour you a glass of the most wholesome drink. Our goal is to amplify marginalized voices through subjects that matter. We will do this by discussing subjects that are uplifting, gainful, and truthful, no matter how uncomfortable they may be, in hope of gaining clarity and invoking progressive change. Of course, we'll sprinkle on some off-color topics to make our discussions more palpable. Welcome Welcome to Urban Urban Proper. Hello! Oh my god, we're back again. You guys still love us, right? Of course they do. Well, it is I, the cuddler, aka self-proclaimed queen of everything. She should have third. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that stopped me in my tracks. (laughs) Completely wrecked me. Uh, It is I, Darius. I don't like the destroyer. I gotta come up with a name for myself. I don't know who I am anymore, y'all. You don't know who you, are. You having a identity crisis? I am having a podcast identity <laughs> crisis. Oh, I need my. to speak to the manager. Um, you are the manager. Guys, dad, <laughs> Um, I'm Darius, the destroyer, destroyer of all things, and welcome back to Urban Proper. Welcome back to Urban Proper. We are now in week six, episode six. Ew, ew. Ow. Ow. How was you guys' Juneteenth? How was that for you guys? I was, I, my Juneteenth was great. We were here recording, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like looking on social media and seeing everyone's discovery of Juneteenth because that's not something that's taught in our American school systems for some reason. Yep. So a lot of people were like, I, I just love the conversation that was had. It wasn't like, a, oh my God, you don't know what Juneteenth is. Shame on you. It was educating. Yeah, if you don't. I, and you know what I really liked about it was a lot of my white friends were like, oh, you don't know what Juneteenth is and mm-hmm. you white? Get it together. Get it to and get together. it together. I was like, look at y'all. Look at my white yes. friends. Um, well, I was proud of them. I'm proud of y'all white friends. I was I was proud of everybody. Everybody wasn't that whole pointing fingers and turning up the noses about not being aware of Juneteenth. Right. Everybody was ready to educate. Yeah. Um, so we are back for another episode. What are we talking about today? I guess yeah, what are we talking about today, Chief? We're talking about a lot of things. First of all, the title of this episode is the presence of our creativity yes and it took us a long time to come up with that title <laughs> it did i don't know why we were having like writer's block and just like creativity block yeah like it we was, was going through it just the the last five episodes we were just like this is the name this is the name bam, bam, yeah, bam. Yeah. and it was like um hmm. Fresh out ideas. I think we're <laughs> done with the podcast. We're out of ideas now. Um, let's wrap it up. Yeah. And a cute little doggy bag to go. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> but we're talking about appropriation, cultural appropriation versus appreciation. Yes. Yeah, so. And we're also talking about black art. Yes. We're talking about. We're going to be talking about the Harlem Renaissance. We're going to be talking about artists who came about from that what it all means we're going to be talking about african music and how it still influences us to this day we're also going to get a little bit into um country music we're going to talk about fine art we're going to talk about theater we're going to just break down black creativity we're just going to talk like we normally talk yes 
And if we <laughs> don't even talk about the topic, we'll get back to it. Eventually. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>, so. <laughs> uh, but I do want to point out that our, um, just to kind of lead us into the conversation and start, kind of start off with something on the educational side. Okay. Our title this week was inspired by a quote by one of the one of the most famous um, black Harlem Renaissance writers, Zora Neale Hurston. And she said, sometimes I feel discriminated against, but it doesn't make me angry. It merely astonishes me. How can anyone deny themselves the pleasure of my company? Presence of my creativity. Yes, ASMR snaps. Yes. So I just feel that in my soul. How could anybody not want black people around? <laughs> like that's one thing that I could never wrap my head around. Black people are lit. the beginning mm-hmm. of everything. Black people from all over the black diaspora, we are just innovators. We are amazing people. We make nothing, something out of nothing. Yes. Um, shoot, shit, they was feeding us uh, pig entrails and, and scraps and... Motherfuckers still be eating Snoop and okay. pig feet Listen, and gentlings. I don't get down with chitterlings. Me and I don't get down with picker feet. <laughs> 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 but which I fucks tough with some Snoop every now and then. I don't fuck with any of it. I don't really eat pork unless it's bacon, but... I fuck with the bacon. I can't let bacon go. I have let go of the pork chops. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have let go... Well, I don't eat ham. I don't say completely let go. I just don't put it into my diet. It's not on my grocery shopping list. Yeah, like on Thanksgiving, like I gotta have me a little bit of honey ham. Like I gotta have that ham glazed over with that honey, a little bit of pineapple on the orb. That shit hit different. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I don't do those. I don't do the. I don't do the cow tongue. I haven't tried it yet. I, t- I tried neck bones one time. Oh, I love neck bones. Neck Ooh. bones was good. Oh, neck bones and ash potatoes, girl. Ooh. And what potatoes? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Y'all can't see me when I'm shouting. Ooh. This nigga off the hunger. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma used to make all the time neck bones and ash potatoes. And ash I'm, potatoes. Yeah, I'm guessing that's just like a regular potato. I've not. I don't know the difference. You gotta research this. Um, but yeah, my grandma used to say all the time she was making neck bones and ash potatoes, and bitch, <laughs> my mouth is literally drooling just thinking about it because that shit used to hot water yeah. cornbread. Mm, you about you trying to really make me catch the Holy Ghost up in here? Jesus, listen, I ain't even religious, but the spirit that got into me. <laughs> Stop talking about food, baby. But yeah, to bring it back, black people just we just. We make it way out of no way. We truly do. We truly are innovators when it comes to everything. We're innovators, but yet somehow there's a lot of holes missing from the history books. <sighs> Several. <sighs> like once or hellas. Or, black people were in here once? <laughs> or hellas. We don't really know. Yes. Like, um, And I really think it's funny that things like Juneteenth are left out of the history mm-hmm. books because you talk about American history as literally, literally mm-hmm. is a part of American history. Like yes. it's about the Emancipation Proclamation and signing and freedom. Like yeah, I saw. I can't remember. Um, 
I think it was a white guy. Um, but it was reposted on Facebook and somebody <laughs> posed a question to him, do you like reading fiction? And he said, yes, American history. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my shit. That is, yes. 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 Especially nowadays, they're trying to make in the history books recount the events of white settlers interactions with the native americans the, the name, first right? the first nation people mm-hmm. um as they gave up their land freely as there was no conflict that shit fucks me up every time like you literally obliterated the first nation people first of all y'all motherfuckers brought pestilence with you <laughs> like straight off the boat Smallpox, syphilis, none of that shit was here before. And while we gone on me, Red, Christopher Columbus, yo bitch ass. Yo bitch ass. You ain't discovered shit. You ain't. You was lost, nigga. You was <laughs> lost. Yo ass was trying to go. He didn't even land in America. He landed in Cuba. Yes! Um. With the Taino Indians. Yes. And you wiped the motherfuckers out. With your, with, your, with your Caucasian penises diseases. <laughs> Caucasian penis disease. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that all Caucasian men have penis diseases, but y'all had some penis diseases. But listen, back then, they weren't taking care of nothing. Yes. Right. Penis diseases. Okay. Wrong. So, fuck wrong with y'all. Fuck wrong with y'all. How you discover something that people was already living? How you discover somewhere there's already some motherfuckers there? Like, hey, I found this thing, but there's people there. I found this thing. Hey, <laughs> I have discovered this place. These islands. Yes. They seem to be heavily populated. <laughs> but I discovered it. Uh, but I found it first. But I discovered it. <laughs> this is my <mine. laughs> um, See, like I said, we weren't even going to talk about this. <laughs> But I mean, I feel like you can't you can't really go into you know talking about appropriation um, and blackness without highlighting the omission of a lot of things. The omission of black people from history. Period. Like you you don't hear about. And after this, we're gonna kind of get away from our rant. We're just going on a little rant right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we. Just like we hear so much about Greek mythology and Roman mythology mm-hmm. and Greek emperors, I mean, sorry, Roman emperors and Greek kings and city-states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All we learned about in school was Egypt. And I mean, that is a, a, a part of yeah. Africa, but what about the Malian Empire? Mm-hmm. Um, there were several empires that spanned. So many. Yes, uh, the Zulu Empire. Africa is an, a giant continent. Yes. In the shape of a rhino. Oh, yeah. Um, Africa is not a fucking country. It's a continent. It's a continent. You whores. South Africa is a country. There you go. There you go. It's not like Australia, which kind of doubles as a country and a continent. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a continent. Yeah. Definitely one of the seven, you know. Yeah. The biggest yeah. of the seven, just yeah. saying. Uh, well, or is Asia bigger? Mm, that's up for debate. I think I, I need think. to check my sources, but from last time I checked, everything continued to Africa. T. Love that. Mm. 
But I was actually going to uh, say something about leaving out, like, African culture, mm-hmm. African, quote, mythology. Yeah, that too. Because while we did learn about Egypt, we didn't really learn much about Egypt. Like, I don't remember learning that much about Egypt in school. I remember learning that it was we a thing. We learned more about the um, Ptolemaic period. Who is she? Never met her. Um, that is the period of Egypt after Alexander the Great uh, invaded Egypt. So basically the white part of Egyptian history. <laughs> These motherfuckers whitewashed Egypt? Now, yeah. I know Alexander the Great did. I know about that. Yeah. I'm talking about the school you went to whitewashed Egypt? I mean, that's the only part we learned about. It's the whole period. The Cleopatra... Um, and then, like, really thinking about it, Cleopatra was, um, it's up for debate. Either she was just purely Greek, or she was Greek and Egyptian. But she, in she the sense Greco-Egyptian. of... Greco Egyptian. Huh? She was Greco Egyptian. Yeah. Instead of Greco Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if she got that claim because she was a Greek born in Egypt, or if she was actually of mixed culture. Hmm. That's something we don't know. I did not know that at yeah. all. Yeah. So, That's interesting. Mm hmm. Um, I was about to say something and I completely forgot what it was. Oh, got to the head, bam, bam. We've been a lot of that today. So much. <laughs> Y'all don't even understand the whole beginning of everything. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is what toxic work environments do to your brain, folks. Listen, I didn't even work today, and I'm already feeling the the vibrations of my toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I really genuinely forgot what I was about to say. Um, <clears throat> but still, while we're on the topic of things that are, have been omitted from American history mm-hmm. and American culture, the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. We didn't learn about the Harlem Renaissance in school. You didn't? Not particularly. It was like during Black History Month. Yeah. We learned about the same old shit. We talked about Martin Luther King, which is like, I'm in high school. I I know Martin Luther King's story through and through. Yeah. And it ain't no shade to MLK. Like, he did a lot for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm honored to have had him, you know, fight for my rights. There's more to black history than MLK. But there were so many people fighting alongside him. There were yeah. so many people before him fighting. So many people at, after him who are still fighting. There were and so many like, people on the other side, like Malcolm X fighting. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Uh, yeah. Like so, we didn't really like. I didn't really learn about Zora Neale Hurston till my adult years, or until after high school. Actually, I learned about Zora Neale Hurston, Zora Neale Hurston before high school. Mm-hmm. But that was because, and this just kind of comes back to the whole topic of this: the influence of black art on on all art. Uh, there's a movie that I can't remember the name of for the life of me right now with I think it, I want to say it's like Wesley Snipes and Sanaa Lathan oh um I know what movie you're talking about it's not Disappearing Act is it Disappearing Act it's Act? Disappearing Act oh my god I love that movie yes. but her name was Zora and she was named after Zora yeah. Hurston. like mm-hmm. I was like oh shit wow okay let me look up this person that I've never fucking heard of yeah before. so and I think that happens a lot with our history and learning about things we're just like oh I've never heard about this. Let me educate myself. And I think that's kind of the problem with 
yes. race relations in America mm-hmm. it's because there's not that understanding there's not that overall universal knowledge because yeah. they're like oh let's just sweep this under the rug or let's pour some bleach on this history yeah. whiten it up a little bit yeah. and it's that whole idea of I feel like white America is ashamed mm-hmm. but not ashamed enough to be like to own up to it yeah like ashamed. Australia did yeah, yeah ashamed in the opposite direction where they're like listen yeah. we know this is a bad thing and we're sorry mm-hmm. let's not talk about it anymore. yeah like I know you gave me syphilis it was cured let's move on shall we yeah uh and that's real frustrating because I hate learning about my culture from the internet and not and knowing that my nieces won't learn about it in school. And that's why we have to, I think, as a people and as a culture, African Americans, we have to make sure that we are teaching our children and future not even if you know, if you don't even have children, just future generations mm-hmm. this information. Yeah. It's important to to have representation so you know where you come from and you know that you come from greatness mm-hmm. and you know that you come from um, artists and pharaohs and emperors and conquerors mm-hmm. and just like Hannibal um, going back to um, Rome, uh, Roman culture and Greek culture he was an African um, an African warlord that damn near obliterated I believe it was the Romans shit no yeah. no yeah I have heard of this yeah. yes 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 and that's something that we we weren't talking about at all yeah they were like white people can't be defeated <laughs> no <laughs> calm down Rome was the greatest empire ever <laughs> no fuck out of here no um but Rome, on oh go ahead, go ahead. The, they're a bunch of copycats anyway <laughs> listen stealing all of our culture mm-hmm. um but on the topic of coming from creatives and artists and pharaohs, mm-hmm. um, let's dive a little bit into the Harlem Renaissance and let's talk about you know some of that shit that we did learn about from um, about the creatives and artists of the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Let's jump on in. I like to take reins on this, Mr. Artist. All right. So as we all know, mm-hmm. Darius is a thespian, mm-hmm. not a lesbian, definitely a thespian. <laughs> you just took me the fuck out. Uh, I have to tell you the backstory of that phrase when we're not on the podcast. But um, so the Harlem Renaissance, like I said, was in the 1920s. Um, it all took place in Harlem, New York City, and there was just this this post Civil War society where Black people were finally being um, allowed to live, kind mm-hmm. of a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and decided that art was the way to make their stamp on the world in that time. It's just kind of how, like, I, through the gaze of an artist, that's how I see the Harlem Renaissance. Um, and so it kind of, the catalyst for it was a play, or three plays, actually, written by, what is his name? Ridgely Torrance, who was a white man, <laughs> I couldn't read my the typing on the computer what? screen. I don't know. Get your check your eyes, check your eyes. Listen, uh, Ridgely Torrance, a white man who wrote three plays uh, called Three Plays for Negro Theater, 
1917, and it was the first time that African American people were allowed to play complex human characters. Mm -hmm. And it was the first, like, denouncement of the minstrel show of, of blackface. You know, what black people typically were portrayed as, you know, white people were the faces literally painted black with, like, big lips painted over and, like, the whole... And then the minstrel show where the black person is just really being over the top and kind of, like, what has become... I compare minstrel shows... <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Mm -hmm. I compare menstrual shows to black men in wigs, dressing up and acting like holy shit. The caricature of what black women are. While I find some of it very funny, it also is like very damning. Very damning. It makes black women look not so great, yeah. and that's what a menstrual show kind of for me was. Okay. Um, not that I've ever been to a menstrual show. Thankfully, that whole concept and idea has died. Um, but they're also um, the Harlem Renaissance was just like a total rehaul of the black community mm -hmm. it was a change in fashion people went from wearing like tuxes and suits to wearing kind of what we would call modern day streetwear like their streetwear which is like stockings and skirts and like jeans and like shit like that Yeah. Um, and then we have some of the most prolific artists uh, painters, writers, singers, musicians, all of these people who came out of New Harlem, New York. We had like Zorino Hurston, like I said, Langston Hughes, who was one of my favorite playwrights yes. of all time. Mm -hmm. Dizzy Gillespie, who was one of the most prolific uh, trumpeteers. Trumpeteers? Is that what you would call a person that plays a trumpet? I mean, that's what I would call a person that plays a trumpet. Trumpeteers, here they are from now on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, James Weldon Johnson, Claude McKay, who was another kind of catalyst for the Harlem Renaissance, he wrote a sonnet back in 1919 about the political climate for black people. Um, and so many, so many, so many people that came out of the Harlem Renaissance. And I think that moment in history is when black people were like, hey, you stole us from where we were. Mm-hmm. But we brought all of that with us. Yeah. And so, like, the African drums, the 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 chanting the spiritualism all of that got transformed into art and I think that is just the most beautiful thing yeah and like you can hear it in in our in the music as yes. well um, very much so like the calling and response of the music and um, like going back to education just a little bit um, with learning about the Harlem Renaissance my Black History class was actually taught by a white woman. <laughs> Uh, I just had to, I just had to throw that shade in there. Wait, 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 wait! You had a Black History class? Yeah, I had Black History class in high school. It was an elective, um, and it was taught by a white teacher. And there were there was a um, black teacher there that could have taught this class, but anyway, you stuck. <laughs> Yes, um, but yeah, the the Harlem Renaissance was just—it was just the mecca of black expression, mm -hmm. and black people really started to come into their own. People that you know fled up north 
Um, it was a very different culture than than in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they were put in this box, they were free, but they were still put within limitations. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the art. I feel like that's the purest form of black art. I would agree. Like it's black art. Like I mean, of course you have the the African influences, but you don't have any. It's just pure blackness. I don't mm. know how to really break it down, but I but like that that yeah like that part like that's what it is. It's, it's like it's, blue magic of the art. Mm-hmm. That pure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. That's, you take a hit of it and you suck it. This that clean. Lean back that ooh lean to the side and shit. This that death. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Uh, as an artist. Yeah. As a creative person, I draw so much influence from the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the music and the poetry. Um, because... Poetry was so prolific at that time. As a, a, a singer and a songwriter, and literally a poet, and so much of like the way that I phrase and the way that I think about writing draws from poets like Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it just is uh, in jazz music. Uh, yes. Uh, but Can we bring that back. Can we bring that back? Jazz music. Instrumental jazz. I don't even need words. Yes. Like I love music with words. Like, can but, we bring that back to mainstream? Like jazz music. Can mm, we do that? Can we bring ragtime back too? Ragtime. I fucked with ragtime tough. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the like greatest ragtime musicians of all time, Scott Joplin, is from St. Louis. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that's in our blood. It's that's in your blood. I'm not. Uh, oh, right. You're I'm not, not from here. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, you ain't from here. Nah. You say pop. Yes, I do. Ew. Whatever. Ew. So dumb. <laughs> Sounds so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the Harlem Renaissance really gave way to black people being allowed to create and allowed to do things like infant music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good segue. We damn near invented every form of music that is popular today. All of it. Like, damn near. Ragtime is like the basis of American music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, country music. Yep. Um, we was there first. Yeah. Um, and rock and roll. He was there too. Let me let me uh, go ahead. Get a little closer to the mic. I'm just gonna repeat that. Um, country music and rock and roll were created by black people. Rock and roll, specifically, a black woman. A black woman. Can you talk about this black woman for a little bit? I feel like. You should let us uh, let us in on a little secret. So learn something new today while doing some research for this episode. Um, Sister Rosetta Tharp invented rock and roll. Mm-hmm. She was around 20 years before Elvis, the quote-unquote king of rock and roll, quote-unquote king cultural appropriator, quote-unquote... <laughs> 
What a quote song thief. Um, 20 years before him, actually 10 years before Chuck Berry. Mm. Um, how she was overlooked, I don't know. But I'm telling you guys. She's inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah? And I still didn't know about her. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with our history system? Like, why, why, why? Why didn't I know about Sister Rosetta Thorpe? Thorpe, I'm sorry. Thorpe. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, she um com- she was the first she actually started doing Christian music. Okay. And when I tell her when I was looking up um while I was looking up Sister Rosetta Tharp, I was mesmerized by her playing the guitar. It was honestly um It was an experience. Sick. It was a spiritual experience. Like like in that time during that era, I don't think I've ever seen a woman play a guitar because I think a guitar is, is, for some reason, such a masculine thing to do. It is, but women play the guitar so much better than men. Oh my gosh! I like when I tell you her the riff she was hitting, all of that shit. Like started from Christian music, and then like her swag was just so rock and roll soul. How did we miss that? How did, how was that left out from our teachings? Yes, because we were like we had that argument of Chuck Berry being the first. We had that argument of oh Elvis is the the king of rock and roll, but here we go, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Actually, no, she invented the shit. Give her her goddamn credit. Give her her credit. Pay her 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 uh, descendants royalties. Um. <laughs> Just while we're on the topic of black women fucking shit up and being the shit. Yes. Can we talk about Hazel Scott playing two grand pianos at the same time? Oh, Have yes. Uh, listen, I'm going to post the link to this video on our literally right now. We recording this episode a week before it's even going to come out. Uh-huh. But I'm going to post this shit right because now. Because when I tell you that takes skills. It takes skills to play one fucking piano. But listen. two simultaneously. Listen, and first of all, you gotta be ambidextrous as fuck, bitch. Second, you have to know what you're playing on the left hand, what you're playing on the right hand, mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. in two different locations. Listen, black people are lit. I'm sorry, like black people are. Give us our fucking credit. Give us our credit when it's due, which is always, always twenty four seven, ho. But laughing but very goddamn serious. Laughing but 1,000 million trillion percent serious. So still while we're on the topic of music, let's talk about how African music influenced all music. Like we, ragtime was like really kind of the basis for instrumental music in America. But ragtime even comes from like a derivative of African music. Yeah. Uh, the drums and the rhythms and all of that that we brought from with us from... Africa on the backs of slaves and mm-hmm. ships by the thousands um, carried over into music that we used to celebrate ourselves and our spirituality and our culture. Um, but yeah, so you can hear the influence of African drums, African rhythms, African chants, mm-hmm. and even music today in 2019. Yeah. Um, what were, you, what, were you, what were you talking about before we started? Uh, ho ho, hold on, I remember Fela Cootie. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk he, more on that, please. Um, on the, her, please. Oh, it's a guy. On him, please. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're talking about music and mainstream. Um, there has been probably over the last two to three years of a lot of Afrobeat influence in hip hop. And Afrobeat, if you those that don't know, um, is a West African style of music. And I think specifically, and you guys can correct me um, constructively if I'm wrong, um, more of a Nigerian um, influence. But you can hear um, a lot in Drake songs like One Dance. Um, yeah. Um, also, a lot of Afrobeat artists are becoming a little bit popular over here, like Wizkid, Afrobeat. Um, those are a couple. Those are the main ones I know. But um, they're all a tribute to Fela Kuti, um, who was very popular in the 1960s. Um, he is thought to be the father of Afrobeat. Mm. Yes, he was an artist and an activist. If you don't know him, we'll post some links so you guys can educate yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I just want to play kind of, and I just typed Afrobeat into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen here. Um, actually, what I'm going to do is play the instrumental of One Dance because that song is a definite, like, uh, a great example of what Afrobeat is, mm-hmm. and you can hear the influence. For a thousand dollars, I want to. That's not it. That's an ad. Sorry, I'm cheap. I don't want to pay to not have ads on my YouTube. <laughs> like Shabby at the club, Shabby at the dentist, Shabby on ice. And the, just a quick disclaimer: we don't own the rights to this music, so. This is true. That like that is Afrobeat, mm-hmm. and I knew that, but hearing it without the words, um, and hearing it just kind of on its own, it's everywhere. It's in almost every song nowadays. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another song that is, and but nothing's coming to my head at this moment. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of Drake songs uh, recently, like his last album, he had um, a lot of Afrobeat influence, and I think a lot of people mistake Afrobeat for reggae or reggaeton influence, but it's definitely what it is. Yeah. Um, so moving on from music, I think. It's kind of time to step into the um, talking about. Oh wait, did you have something? Before we move on from music, okay. Um, talking about um, black influences and um, black musicians, um, there is a band that was very popular, and I believe not not actually not even popular. They weren't popular until they passed away, which is unfortunate. That that is the norm for a lot of artists Mm -hmm. to not be appreciated until after they're dead. Um, But it was a a rock group that was, that originated in Detroit rock band called Death. 
D is in David, E is in Edward, A is in Alpha, T is in Tom, H is in Henry. Death. Uh, there were a, like I said, a rock band formed in Detroit, Michigan in 1971 by brothers. Brothers Bobby, David, and Dennis Hackney. They started off as a funk band but switched to rock after seeing a concert by The Who. Their music is sickening. You need to check it out. Check it the fuck out. Oh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, now that we have had that beautiful tidbit of information, mm-hmm. now we can kind of swerve into the big, heavy topic of this episode, which is cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. Mm-hmm. Now, for the kids out there, I want to go ahead and give a little definition of cultural appropriation because I feel like everybody, and by everybody I mean white people, have a very specific definition of what cultural appropriation is. Uh huh. And they are getting it very confused with cultural appreciation. Very much so. Cultural appropriation is taking and misusing any form of cultural identity black culture any uh, um, stylistic aesthetic concept Native American culture any um, cultural culturally significant cuisine style Asian culture from said people and using it as if it were your own or an original idea now Latino culture yes (laughs) now cultural appreciation Mm. is going to Mission Taco and having tacos Mm -hmm. cultural appreciation is going to see La Kale 47 when she comes to town yes Cultural appreciation is enjoying and making ramen at home, but understanding that it is not an original concept and you are not the first person to make ramen. Mm. Cultural appreciation, go for the ASMR snaps, is looking at your black friend and saying, wow, your hair is beautiful mm-hmm. when she has box braids. And not touching the shit. Don't touch my goddamn hair. Oh my god. Um. So yes, I. Some known cultural appropriators, including but are not limited to Kim Kardashian, Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry. Oh, that was my next one. Oh, Katy Perry. Uh, Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> I too. I too carry hot sauce in my bag. <laughs> um, and I just want to say, no, little white girl at the Coachella Festival who spent three hundred dollars to spend one day in California, you are not allowed to wear that Native American headdress. Mm-mm. You are not allowed to wear war paint of a native tribe. Anything really of a native tribe because what are you a little white girl what are you not a wheat thin 
sorry, that was too much. That was too much flavor. A saltine cracker. <laughs> She's a weak dude. <laughs> oh, I'm hollering. Correction, saltine cracker. That was too much flavor. Mm, saltine, because you're salty about not being able to wear that headdress. <laughs> like, sis, put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Wearing those um, gold hoop earrings. Mm-mm. So don't even think about it. Corn rolling your hair. And this is my problem. I'm going to go on a rant. See, I was trying not no, to. No, please do. This is the time. We just go call this segment. You got Shalisha fucked up. <laughs> Let me count the ways, bitch. You got Shisha fucked up. For one, cornrows. You see cornrows or box braids in a professional setting. You are calling the black woman what? Ghetto. Ghetto. Unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many times in a professional setting, me wearing my natural hair in a twist out or in a 1970 style afro, being asked if the natural state of my hair is professional for work. How about little girls going to school and being told they have to cut their hair? Or take their braids out. Because it's not, um, it's unkempt. Mm-hmm. Nah, sis, this is my hair. Oh, yeah. Or the legalization of discriminating against people who wear locks. I bet you a white person walked into a place with locks. With, I'm sorry, dreads, because those aren't locks. Those mm-hmm. are dreads. Those are dreadful. They are dreadful. Dreadful? Yes. Yes. Uh, would not be discriminated against because of that white skin. And our problem with this, and this is the reason why it's cultural appropriation, is because when it's adorned by the originators, the black women, because mm-hmm. we are originators, mm-hmm. okay? When it's adorned by the originators of black women, is considered ghetto, it's considered unprofessional, it's considered unkept. But as soon as a Miley Cyrus or a Kim Kardashian or uh, what's the other? Uh, Katy Perry. Or no, no, no. The, the other Car- Jenner Kardashian. Uh, oh, Ka- Kylie. Kylie. Plastic ass face. Um, <sighs> ass wants to throw some cornrows in her head. It's considered fashion. It's considered high fashion. It's considered the new fad. Bitch, we've been doing this. I'm so sick of seeing articles that say, why did Kylie Jenner invent insert thing that's already been around for God knows how long? I mean, black and Latino women are looking like, bitch, we've been wearing hoops. Been wearing hoops. Bitch, we've been wearing hoops. We've been fucking rocking cornrows. Cornrows go so far. Cornrows go back past America. Cornrows go back to the motherland. Cornrows needs to be in the history books. First of all, during slavery, women hair were cornrowed basically as maps how to get the fuck away, how to run away to the north. You Messages, encryptions were braided. That's some real life black girl magic. Like, please stop trying to steal our luster and not giving us credit for it. Yeah. If you want to appreciate it and you want to rock it, Give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. In rant. Rant continuing on there. Just go pass the rant time. Just pass that on home here. Uh, I I can't 
quite possibly get my I can't get my fingers around my 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 hands around the idea that dreads are something that white people should do with their hair. Oh my god. There is cultural significance just like cornrows, there is cultural significance to having locks. Mm-hmm. Don't mm, uh, listen. Not only is it completely stealing and appropriating somebody's culture, they just don't even look good. Mm-mm. Like it's not even a look. Like I like it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Have I said no enough? Because fucking no. Ah, <gasps> uh. and. Back to the the okay. Of course, <laughs> it really bothers me when I see white girls with box braids or cornrows or or white people with dreads. But what astounds me is how there are still Halloween costumes that are things like Native American girl. I'm sorry, what? Mm. You finna seriously sit here and sell me? A fucking ass headdress. Do you know the cultural? That's the problem. That's that's where it becomes appreciation. When there's something of cultural significance, you can't possibly take that and adapt it as a costume. You can't wear me as a costume. But you know what? I think that is America's. I need to stop saying America because America is Canada, United States, and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's North America. The United States. The problem with the United States is we're built on cultural appropriation, cultural genocide. Did you know that Mount Rushmore was mm-hmm. a spiritual? Yep. And then they went and carved four white dudes on it. Yes. And I'm like, oh. So we really just... Oh, I learned that this year, by the way. Did you really? Yeah. I learned it last year, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the disgust. I... Just just as a blanket statement, this land was stolen. By the First Nation people. From the First Nation people. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. From, yeah. <laughs> From the First Nation you know people. I mean? Yeah. This, this land was stolen, and everything about this land was covered up and made different. Oh, and everything about the First Nation people were, um, it was Christianized. They did the same thing to First Nation people that they did to black people when they brought them here. They tried, they they made them unlearn all of their spiritualism, all of their, their, um, their beliefs, their, um, why am I not having words right now? I'm so angry. Yeah. Because like, after um, our Shake the Straits episode, um, we were talking about two spirits. Mm-hmm. I actually did a little bit of research. As you know, like um, with Ancestry.com, and, you know, just black people, period. We're like, oh, we got Cherokee and uh-huh. and blah, blah, blah. But actually, um, my family has Choctaw Indian. Um, Blackfoot. Yeah. I think we might have some turkey as well, (laughs) like legitimately. I think on one side we do, but it's it's um my my great grandfather he was a half Choctaw Indian. Um, My great grandma was Blackfoot. Oh. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. 
as as Tony Baker say, I I I never knew <laughs> the funniest shit. He's the funniest thing to me right now. But um, what was I talking about? Oh, two spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was digging a little bit deeper into it and realizing that a lot of Native cultures didn't have gender norms that no. we have. The gender, gender yeah. norms were placed upon Native people when colonizers yeah. landed on Plymouth Rock. Yeah, they completely tow it the fuck up. Like, mm-hmm. two-spirit people were basically looked at as demigods. Yeah. As spiritual leaders. As yeah. someone who could see both sides of the world from a masculine and a feminine standpoint. And spiritually, if they could see both the spirit world yeah. and the real world. Yeah, and, and that totally was wiped away from the history books and probably their culture. Like, and honestly, as an American, the inf- the lack of information that I know about Native people is disgusting. I really want to go to Oklahoma and visit the reservation there. Yeah, and it's like the they they took they took them away at various little reservations of the United States and to never be heard of mm-hmm. or heard from again. Yep. And they, they actually I think they mandated it in our laws that they're not able to run for public office. Uh-huh. I think that recently uh I think recently that has changed mm-hmm. because I believe there is a native woman who is in office. Mm-hmm. I believe she's native and lesbian. I'm if I'm Women if I'm remembering correctly, I could be one hundred percent wrong and please let me know if I am, but I believe mm-hmm. she is native and lesbian. We'll and have to fact check that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just to kind of step on the side of that, I mm-hmm. really have always connected with native culture and mm-hmm. I even as a kid when I just thought it was interesting Mm -hmm. as an adult a lot of the beliefs like you know how like you hear something for the first time and it's like you were meant to hear it like it's something that like affects you Mm -hmm. every time I look up something in native culture I get really emotional and I'm like fuck like this is real life like so and that's the difference between appreciation and and appropriation yep the more you know, the more you I, I never knew. <laughs> Looking at us. Um, where were we? Uh, Everywhere. Legitimately, this podcast has been all over the place, but I think in a very good way. Yeah. Um, you can't treat cultural appropriate. You can't treat cultural appropriation as a uh, replacement for diversity. Oh, you can't. You can't. Stop making fucking excuses for why you're a bigot. You, I read a post today that said something. It was something like, I was discussing, and I think one of our friendship is one of our mutual friends. It's like I was discussing with a not-for-profit organization about their like leadership panel of their diversity panel, and there was they were like, well, you don't have any black people on your panel. This is a black person who's posting this. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, but we have other POC on our on our panel, and we also have LGBT queer people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, cool, great. You don't have any black people on your panel, mm-hmm. but we have some Asian people and one person who is of Latin heritage. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, so you have grouped all of the Asian people that are on your panel into one category Asian instead of specifically naming whatever they might be. Right. And one white passing Latin person that you are just that you are using 
as your brown person on your panel, mm-hmm. you're racist. <laughs> like, like, and the person like starts getting emotional. Is like, I'm not racist, but like, genuinely, and how can you consider that a committee of diversity when there's lack of diversity? And diversity isn't. And I just want to clear clear the air, get more clarity. Cultural appropriation and diversity does not always just deal with black and white. No. It's all people of color. Yes. It's all. It's it's use it's having every single person that can be represented represented. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna have a panel of diversity, make sure it's goddamn diverse. Yeah, there was a diversity panel here in St. Louis, a theater diversity panel that I looked at who was on the panel and I was like Sips teeth. There were, I think, two POC on a five-person five panel. And one woman, I think. My eyes twitching. I just want to know where all the diversity was. Yeah. yeah. But, yes, you can't treat appropriation as a substitute for diversity. Um, and we also... Uh, tree cultural exchange just like any other creative transaction mm-hmm. if you want to reference someone's culture ask permission first first and foremost and if it feels wrong it might be wrong uh huh yep it might be wrong it is it's probably wrong mm-hmm. you should just not do it no and a lot of I understand that artists have a lot of creativity and they have a lot of say-so in what they do when they've established themselves. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, people be letting their creative teams get them in trouble. Oh, yes. We don't see your creative team, but we see you. We see you. You, Katy Perry. You. Black face shoes. You you did. Katy Perry. Can we talk about that whole music video that was Egyptian? Oh. The Dark Horse music video? Yeah. Girl. Just the same one. She was wearing them cornrows in that grill. Nope. That was This Is How We Do. And that song is trash anyway. But. So you did it more than once? Oh, yes. It's always. Or hell is. What about when she performed on stage with the Migos for her song Bon Appetit? What even was that, Katie? It's like you can be. Accepting of cultures. Without encroaching on them, mm-hmm. and I think that's my issue with a lot of white people. I was gonna say not POCs, white people. <laughs> white people. You feel like for you to, it's like overreaching and overcompensating. Oh, I'm not a racist. Let me show you how down I am. You can be down or be appreciative of other cultures without appropriating, without encroaching on them. You can be cool. You can love black men and not wear a grill and cornrows. And mm-hmm. you can be a regular ass self. You can be a regular degla. Yeah. But you can't be so regular ass. It's like Salty crack eggs. It's like people that want to say the N-word. Oh. Nigga. I don't like it. I love it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It makes me very not okay. 
I say nigga like every other word. Well, most of my black friends do. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. Because it's our word, technically. And yeah. I say it myself sometimes. I, But for me, it's more hurtful for a black person to call me the N-word mm-hmm. than for a white person to call me that. Because, like, it wasn't created. It was not like a word that was created to be encouraging to us and then taken away and then mm-hmm. trying to take it back. Like, it was legitimately you are a nigger, mm-hmm. you ain't shit, you ain't gonna ever be shit. And so, I, that bothers me sometimes. See, I'm on, this, I'm on the side of the argument that we reclaim the word and re, repurpose the word. See, I'm on, I'm on that, that, that fence. And I respect your stance. I am respect yours as well, which yes. is why I'm never like, whenever you yes. say it around me, I'm not like, Shalisha! Yeah, but <laughs> let, let a white person drop the N-word around me. I think that happened when we were at our, uh, one of our jobs we had together, with the only job we had together. I don't think you were there. A white person dropped the N-word and I motherfucking exploded. Was it a customer or was it? Nope. No. Ooh. It's not funny. It's not. It's not cute. I will bust your ass. Yeah. You will get raped. And call the police and tell them I did it. <laughs> but where I was going with that was. Sorry, she surrendered. <laughs> cultural appropriation is like people wanting to say the N word when mm-hmm. it's like, well, why don't you get to say it? Why don't I get to say it? Like, you can say it. Why can't I say it? Mm-hmm. Like, they want to be in on the fun. Mm-hmm. Watch from the outside, bitch. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's like you want to experience it, but you don't want the hardships that go with it. Yep. You don't want the Rodney King ass beaten. You don't want the getting shot multiple times, execution style Mike Brown. You don't want the whole I can't breathe Eric Gardner mm-hmm. or the being killed in police custody Sandra, like you don't want any of that. Yeah, you don't want the struggle. You just you want, want the glitz and glamour mm-hmm. of the culture. You don't want the experience. You don't want the actual. You don't culture. want the I'm being followed in the goddamn store because I'm black. I hate that shit. Like what? I can't. Don't come up to me asking me. Sorry, to cut you off. No, go don't ahead. come up to me in a store where you don't pass five white people and go, hey. Do you need me help? I used to work in retail, bitch. I know that means. Hey, you're black. I'm washing your ass. Hey, you're black. I think you're stealing something. Exactly. Um, that shit fucking wrecks me every time. I like. Tells me. Can we just? We haven't mentioned the black box in a while. Mm-hmm. Can we? We said we were gonna um, throw rock and roll music and 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 country music back, back into in the, the black, black box back into the black box can we take stealing out of the black box for other people who think we steal oh yeah listen i was gonna say no they need to be taken out of the white box but i get what you're saying listen now. yeah listen i get it not mm-hmm. actually i but sometimes i walk into a store with my backpack mm-hmm. i'm black i'm covered in tattoos mm-hmm whatever i also wear glasses and and probably wearing some kind of nerdy shirt at any given time but they don't see that but all they see is my skin color they see the nigga with the tattoos exactly and so what has been conditioned in me is mm-hmm. hey do you guys want me to leave my backpack up at the front of the store if you tell me no 
don't come ask me if I need anything. Mm-hmm. I offered you my backpack. Don't come asking me for shit. Don't yeah. come asking me if I need. Today, I walked through Target, all the way around the store, walked past four different people that worked there. None of them said anything to me. Mm-hmm. Had my backpack on, went to try on a pair of shorts with my backpack, mm-hmm. and was like hesitated for a minute going into the dressing room with my backpack. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, are y'all really gonna? And that's the thing, we have to unlearn. We have to unlearn what we were conditioned and taught. Mm-hmm. We have to unlearn that has, I mean, because it's like, it's like a two-edged sword. The hesitation and the conditioning is what keeps a lot of black people alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also cracks that window or cracks the door for white people to bust in and be like, to put that stereotype on you, mm-hmm. to be yep. like, oh well, you know, you're you're acting suspicious. So are you stealing? No, like, I, you fucking following me around. Yeah, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, I'm bald, but get out of my hair. Ugh. <sighs> so. Now I want to pose just a little question to you all. It's our question of the week this week. Question of the week. What do you consider cultural appropriation and how do you know if you are appreciating a culture or appropriating it? Mm-hmm. Uh, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yes. At Urban Proper Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook and at Urban, Pro- Urban underscore proper on the um, on Twitter. um Twitters. Hold on. Oh, Things are God. happening. Oh, oh. Things are happening. Okay. Um some shit was about to some sound was about to go off on the oh. recording and I was like, no. Um yeah, hit us up, let us know what you think about cultural appropriation and how um it can be conceived. Perceived, not conceived. Yeah, and all you, well, I want to do it too, saltines, stay your ass off, off the post. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you at all. I don't want to hear Actually, from Actually, I do want to hear from you. How do you, saltines, mm-hmm. you can only answer the second part of the question. Mm-hmm. How do you know <laughs> if you are appreciating or appropriating a culture? You know it's almost 4th of July. Is that drums or is that fireworks? That's fireworks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought somebody was drumming shittily. Um, so while we're on the topic of cultural appropriation, influence of black art, let's talk about the, and Shisha, you brought this up, um, the second black renaissance that's happening right now. Yes, I feel like there is a second black renaissance that is happening and no one's fucking talking about it. Everybody is like, wow, all of this, look at all of this black art. Yes. <laughs> I wonder what's happening. <laughs> People talk bad about our generation having all this uh, electronics and having the smartphones and you know, always being in the internet. Not even realizing the fact that our phones, we're holding a wealth of information mm-hmm. on our person at all times. And I think there is a kind of enlightenment period that's happening 
um, especially with my, uh, our generation, the millennials. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the, we, we are the uh, the beginning of the millennials. Anybody yeah. from what was that eighty? Is it eighty seven? I was actually looking this up the other day with my friend and his roommate, and we are not millennials. We are technically Generation Y, hmm. Generation X. Well, there's so many is overlaps. So mm-hmm. many, yeah. So but, I. I would consider myself a millennial. I would mm-hmm. consider us millennials. Mm-hmm. Technically, for all intents and purposes, I think millennial ends at ninety starts at ninety four. Anybody born from ninety four on is a millennial. I know it's weird. I don't like it. I think it, it overlaps. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll 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 argue that on our social media. Oh no, I am a fucking millennial. <laughs> Fuck off with that shit. I was born nineteen ninety, so ninety three. So, um. Oh, but I feel like um, a, a lot of that is frowned upon, and oh, before that's where I was at. There's a lightning period is happening. We're educating ourselves um, with the world around us. Uh, I think a lot of people are stepping out of the proverbial black box, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of innovative art happening. There's a lot of innovative music that's happening, mm-hmm. even in, in main culture, and I think uh, in mainstream culture, um, I think a lot of artists are taking the reins of their artistry. They're not no longer leaving it in the hands of the A&R people or the mm-hmm. label. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are remaining uh, independent or becoming independent, um, just like you know Beyonce, for, for example, she don't need to do promotion for her goddamn album. She just drop it. She's like, here you go, here's an album. Yeah, our chance of rapper. Um, Who was the first person to win a Grammy for streaming? I believe it was, or the really? first independent artist to win a Grammy. I think it was one of the two. Mm. He was the first something to so, win a Grammy. Yeah. So I think there's it's it's and we probably need to pay attention to this a little bit more. Um, Tumblr culture. Um, black culture, Tumblr, uh, Black Twitter. Um, black Twitter is the shit. You can get lost in Black Twitter. Black Twitter will eat you up and spit you out. I live. For black black Twitter. Twitter can be as endearing as a grandmother's hug. Um, it can be as frigid as the Antarctic nights. <laughs> It can be all things, and Black Tumblr is is the same. But you know, being on those platforms and being black and and coming across things that we're we're seeing, and I'm just like, why is no one talking about this? And I I think a lot of you know every I agree with everything that you said, but I think it's also black people just aren't taking no for an answer anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Um, with Jordan Peele mm-hmm. being a comedian, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times black people are pigeonholed into that comedian category. Yeah. Because we funny as fuck. We are. However. Comma. <laughs> while I did not enjoy us the way most people did, not us, um, uh, Get Out? Get Out. I will fight you. Listen, I did not like that movie. I will fight you. But Us was a fantastic horror film. Mm-hmm. Us was the black renaissance mm-hmm. and, I, and I think I'm not a fan of Jordan Peele as a, as a comedian I think I, he's hilarious I wasn't sold on Jordan Peele as a movie maker with Get Out but Us 
I was like, oh, uh-huh. oh, you came to do this. Mm-hmm. You ain't come to play. You came you to snatch every Listen, you came to make me a little bit scared to walk in front of the mirror. Because mm-hmm. I think. Uh-huh. Look, what? Me? Yeah, I and I think that, like, like you said, with music, with independent artists, with people kind of taking their. The, taking the uh, uh, ownership of their own art. Yeah, and then there's a lot of black entrepreneurs popping up. So um, many from everywhere, and I love it. I oh. love it, and it's just like we're re, we're retaking. We're it's nothing has been given to us, mm-hmm. and it's like we're tired of trying to assimilate into white culture, and we are back on our shit and being like, look, you're not opening the door for me. I'm gonna create a motherfucking house for myself. To, look, I'm gonna build a door and exactly. a house around the door. Exactly. And the house is gonna have several doors in it. And I'm loving it. It, it definitely it's encouraging, especially I think for us as mm-hmm. creators. Yeah. To be like, damn. Yeah. Like we can get like you were saying about technology in our hands. We mm-hmm. can literally plug this microphone into my computer and upload this. Yeah. Like, it, it was never done before. And we're, we're recently talking about this in um, a journalism class I'm actually taking um, right now. Um, how um, we were watching a movie called Page One about the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how Twitter and how millennials, and it's always this, this big debate about the millennials, how the millennials are destroying everything. But basically, how the, the convergence of media has shifted access mm-hmm. not only access to information but also access of giving information because to do this at the capacity that we're doing even at the level that we're doing mm-hmm. we would have had to have radio station back us oh yeah we would have had to have all kinds of yeah to before facebook before youtube how was people putting out their their content they had to go through the proper channels. Now everyone has access to you present their art. To you don't need a label. You don't no. need a manager. You mm-hmm. don't need a tour manager. You don't need a radio station. You like, and it in a way I like that. That's the way that the world is going. Mm-hmm. I do still love old media. Like yeah. I, and I don't think anything is. I mean, there has been. Um, some flagship newspapers that have died and mm-hmm. um, radio has become more syndicated, um, television has become more syndicated, um, but all in all, nothing has, the original forms haven't died, they're just shifted. Mm-hmm. They're growing with mm-hmm. um, the times. The times. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, I was watching was I watching? Probably Jackie I know something. I was watching probably fucking makeup tutorials. <laughs> like, I'm always watching at 3 o'clock in the morning because that's who I am. Um, but I was watching a YouTube video and it was, yep, it was Jackie Ina because she did started doing an Audible ad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you've been on YouTube ever, mm-hmm. you've heard a YouTuber talk about Audible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Audible real life built an entire empire mm-hmm. on YouTube ads. Yeah paying YouTubers to talk about Audible. Mm-hmm. I would never download Audible because mm-hmm. I think audiobooks are the devil. Yeah. But bitch, I know what Audible is. Yeah. 
and I like but that's like that growth that that merging of two things yes and I um working at my current job I see a lot of kids come in very early on um to try to find the career path and I employ I encourage black parents if you see that your child has a gift or has this interest in the arts or um, anything, help them work on it. Help them perfect their craft. Mm-hmm. Because nowadays I feel like, you know, we were talking about the black box, um, people only see basketball, football as a way out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our artistry is dying. Yeah. It's um, always do something that's going to make you some money. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, as American culture it, it, as a whole, our focus on the arts is like slim to none. Mm-hmm. And if you see that your child is, help them. Help them get, help them get out there. Help them craft, you know, become better in their art or whatever it, whatever their interest is. And I feel like a lot of this kind of goes back to a, a previous episode where we talked about accessibility. Mm-hmm. I think it was our second episode. Art supplies are expensive. Yeah. Art programs like anything that's good is expensive. True. Very Unfortunately. Cool. And like healthy food is more expensive than the strawberries that I'm eating right now. <laughs> I could be eating celery and something shit like that. Yeah. Like, Celery and hummus. Celery and hummus. But I think a lot of what discourages black parents is how expensive shit is. Mm -hmm. Like, I did a program in high school called the HAT program. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to pay for it because I got a grant thanks to, like, an amazing art teacher who is still, like, I would consider a very good friend of mine and Mm -hmm. a a mentor to me. Um, She hooked it up to where I didn't have to pay for it, but it was going to be not affordable mm-hmm. and my mom would my mom was the type of person who would have made it a, who would have made a way out of no way yeah. and been like because that's okay, what black women do that's what black women do black the women are powerful Ew. um but i know a lot of my friends parents would have just been like you can't i can't afford that no you're not going yeah. and i know think of with the times now there's so many outlets that are free um youtube Tutorials. You learn everything from YouTube. YouTube tutorials, um, workshops. You just have to really sit down and do your research. You own Facebook all day, anyhow. What was that? Uh, that college commercial <laughs> to do? That make you feel bad about yourself. Oh, sitting at home. you sitting at home you on the couch. Everest. It was Everest College. Yeah. You sitting at yeah. home on the couch anyway. You sitting at home on the couch on Facebook all day, anyhow. Look up something. Look up some grants. You can look up some free programs. Look up some YouTube videos. Uh, excuse me. Just like um, Google right now, um, kind of has shifted the way they um, are hiring. A lot of their positions are no longer requiring bachelor's degrees. They're actually doing on-the-job training. Listen, let me find out I can get a job at Google. Bitch, let's apply. But yes, they have an academy um, as well as I think I was talking about Launch Code. Launch Code, I'm learning how to do coding in Launch Code, which is free. Um, you just have to find 
You just have to you have to dig deep. I'm finna apply for a job on Google when we get done with this. Think it's a game. You just have to do your research. And that's oh, that's another <coughs> thing that like I really wanna let's let's open a black box and let's throw research in there and let's mm-hmm. throw development in there and mm-hmm. let's throw um um what is the word? Why am I not finding my words today? Um, encouragement and and building your children up. Let's put that all in the black box mm-hmm. and and let's take fear out of there. Yeah. Because I came home at nineteen and I told my mom I wanted to be an actor and she looked me dead in the face and said, "Well, that's what I thought you should have been doing this whole time." Yeah. My mom has never been afraid to let me fail if I was going to fail mm-hmm. but my mom and I think that lack of fear for me made me less afraid mm-hmm. and so now I don't take no for an answer mm-hmm. If, like you said if you don't open the door then I'm going to build my own door mm-hmm. and I think we need to reinstate and reinstill that in our children that they can be anything they want to be and that if you try hard enough mm-hmm. If you're inherently good at it, you're definitely going to be good at it. And if you're not inherently good at it, if you work at it and it's something you really want to do. And I think that's why a lot of black kids stop because they don't have that support. Yeah. Oh, definitely. They don't have that support. Um, And encourage your kids. Because the world is already fucking tough on POCs and women. Mm -hmm. We don't need that shit. Like, there's a difference between teaching your kids about the hardships of the world and then being a hardship on your child. Yes, yes. There's a, there, yes. There's a huge difference. But back to cultural appropriation before I forget, I just okay. wanna make this statement. Go ahead, go ahead. Numbers are Arabic. You love hummus, but you hate Middle Eastern people, which is big and dumb ass. I promise I'm done for this episode. <laughs> I promise I'm done. But that's the real tea, though. You yes. don't sit here and eat some hummus yeah. and crackers <laughs> with your saltine ass. Or are you going to Taco Tuesday? But you claim you you ran about building a wall. You are not allowed to celebrate Taco Tuesday, and you are not allowed to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which is not even Mexican Heritage Day. So mm-hmm. fuck right the fuck off. Yeah. You already done fucked up. So eat your potatoes and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, Idaho. <laughs> Idaho gold in this bitch. I said I was done with the red. Anyway, <laughs> I ain't saying I was. Yes, well, true. But back to our blackness Because Mm -hmm. that is the epicenter Of us is our existence Black people From different parts of the black diaspora But The shenanigan question of the week Probably my favorite one At this point Black people I got a question (laughs) I really need answers Cause y'all been playing us On these questions we have for y'all Like we ain't Got some good ass thought provoking questions, but whatever. Black people, who the fuck is Boo Boo the Fool? Who is it? 
Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? And why is your mama not them? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Boo Boo the Fool? Somebody, please bring Boo Boo the Fool to the front of the line, please. With the real Boo Boo the Fool, please, please stand up. up, please. Wave your hand. Eminem is black culture. Can I just say? Can I? Is that okay? Is that acceptable? Mm, he is black culture appreciated. He is. He is. I'm also in love with him. You that one meme, that Which Pocahontas one? meme. <laughs> You that Pocahontas me. Might been a dangerous. Yes. <laughs> me. <laughs> I want that goddamn ball. I'm gonna post that on Instagram and tag you with it, just so everybody know what I'm talking about. When I, I, sh- I shared it on Facebook with the caption, "It me." Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time I get on Facebook, it's Darius, and I'd be like, uh, you know how you just scroll aimlessly a little bit, you be seeing posts, and I'd be like, Ha-ha, that's Darius. <laughs> but I didn't think you posted it, so. But you are that Pocahontas me. Like fight the power. Come here, white boy. Come here, white boy. Ooh, you're so cute. With your saltine ass. <laughs> mm. Tastes like nothing because you don't season. <laughs> oh, another question. How the fuck y'all invade India and other spice having countries? But y'all bitch asses still don't use seasoning. How about they went looking for spices? They was looking. You for act spices. like you never found the shit. They did it. They was too busy. Like we found these people. <laughs> we found this land with all these people. They was like, hmm, my food's pretty damn bland. <laughs> Let's, Let's go, go find some spices. There have to be other things in other places on this flat earth yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> can, can give us Y'all found the spices But y'all found people to appropriate <laughs> Huh Would we rather have tasty food Or genocide <laughs> I'll decide on the ship <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Damn but you ever make a joke so fucked up that you really like damn. I, I'll be really like questioning like my sanity. I'd be like, bitch, is you crazy or not? Nah? I'm crazy. So let's go jump into once a hell is before we forget. Yeah. What? Oh, what? yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Since we're talking about art and all of that deliciousness. Spices. <laughs> Spices. Would you ever pose in this? No. <laughs> Would you ever pose new for a painting? Once or Hellas? Hellas. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I want to. We, we have a friend that's a, a photographer. I actually want to do a new shoot. I just haven't figured out where mm-hmm. I want to do it. I kind of want to do a boudoir type thing with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be real hot. Okay, Pocahontas. <laughs> We're gonna recreate that meme. Oh my god. I swear I saw that and I was like, fuck, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I would do what hell is. I think that um, there needs to be more art appreciating big women, especially big, dark skinned women. Like, yes. There's a shift happening. Can I just. I have, we've been friends, 
officially on Facebook for seven years. Yes! Um, we had our friend anniversaries. Like. <laughs> Look at you. Um, but one thing that I always appreciate about Shisha is just the confidence. Thank you. Just the bad bitchery of it all. <laughs> the bad bitchery of it all. <laughs> <laughs> fucks with it. So tough. And I just love you, Shisha. Thank you, Darius. I appreciate you for appreciating me. <laughs> I'm writing the bad picture of it all. I'll be doing the same damn thing. Because I'm going to on the shirt. Yes. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> you just threw me off. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> We're talking about black art. Once our hell is that was a good one. You can't just start off with that and expect me to follow up. Oh, I'm sorry. That's um, usually how I am. That's why my exes are still single. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to formulate like a like a build on that, and I was just like, point proven. <laughs> Point proven. There you go. Yes, case in point. <laughs> yes. Um, hmm. Damn. What is wrong with us? We can't think. We can't talk today. I don't even know. Um, hmm. Oh, would you pose with a predatory, <laughs> predatory animal for a shoot once or hellish? We talking. We talking about some rip your goddamn nutsack off. <laughs> wrong sneeze, wrong move, and, and you getting bit. Yeah. Oh, we do a hell of Hmm. I would be a little afraid. Uh huh. But I've always liked animals more than people, so yeah. I feel like it'd be an interesting um, challenge. See, my black and, you know, my Afro-Latina root, you know, senses would be tingling a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't do it with a snake. Snake I would do it once. But, I like snakes. Oh, no, I just... Mm-mm. I don't know why, because I'm low-key afraid of snakes. I don't I trust them snakes. hoes. I don't trust them. As long as it's not a big one. Mm-hmm. Nah, mm-mm. I don't like you But I'll probably do it hellas though. I probably have to have to overcome my fear and do it hellas. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um while we're on the topic of black art and culture, would you ever record an album? Be it comedy or music, is that something that you think you would ever do? On purpose? No. <laughs> How do you record an album on accident, she? I'm just saying, it happens. Like, I mean, if, is that one of my ambitions? Not currently. Um, Maybe once, maybe I'll just go on a whole rant. You know, the thing is the crazy shit she just says. 
<laughs> she, yeah, maybe it'll be an EP, a four track EP, just me saying nah, the crazy shit. You don't need a whole <laughs> You need an album just for the shit you said in these six episodes. Come on now. But um, as much as I rap in the mirror like Issa on uh, Insecure, I don't. I don't think I I, I could hit, spit a hot 16 over 16 tracks. Okay. I mean, I have a lot of, you know, good, like, ugh, punchlines, but, like, bars, maybe once or hellless <laughs> <laughs> in a month. I don't know. That's hilarious. Mm. Your turn. Oh, shit. I just had one. I lost it. Would you, since you are an artist and a a musician, would you ever consider recording a rock track or a country track? I want to Hellas. Hellas. Okay. To both. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually really love both rock and country music Mm -hmm. um, and draw a lot of specific uh, uh, influence from rock music at certain points. I have dabbled with creating a country track and mm-hmm. a country song and haven't really gotten... I feel like country music isn't something you can make electronically. I feel like country music is something that it has to be live and it has to be yeah. instruments and people and bodies in a room. And I love that about country mm-hmm. music. Um, but rock? Fuck yeah. Like, I plan to have at least one grunge song on my coming album. I miss Nike's grunge. I just- I love rock and roll. The thing I love about rock and roll so much is the guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They used to be a really uh, heavy thing that was in R and B. The guitar break breakdown. Can we bring that back? If you notice, a lot of the music on my album is guitar driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love. Oof. I love that good bitch. Makes my girlfriend tremble. Oh, Arnold. <laughs> oh, guitar note. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for a once a hella's uh, cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. um, would you collaborate with a person who is proposing cultural appropriation as the basis of an idea? But wait. If so, would you educate them? For those who do not know me, Shlish is all about enlightenment <laughs> and all about putting a motherfucker in a place. Mm-hmm. So would I collaborate with a potentially culture appropriating project or person? No. Not without educating them, not without putting them in their place. I think that's just that is my duty as a yes, as my duty as a black woman, uh, as a person of color, um, as a marginalized person on both ends, on all ends. Damn, I'm just like. I'm just hitting the marginalized person like triathlon. You went to the fucking marginalized, margin, 
motorization store. Right. I'll have one of everything. I'll have one of everything, please. But yeah. But um, no, I would I would definitely have to we would have to rearrange some things for me to collaborate. Mm. I can't be out here uh, looking real Uncle Ruckus ass niggish. So yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the money and the fame, if it conflicts with my my morals, I can't. Glad to know that my good sis would not sell out. And there's a difference between challenging yourself as an artist and then falling into that just for the sake of money. Mm -hmm. For the love of money. Yeah. Okay, now that. Um, we have gone through once a hellas. We've discussed all of our topics for this episode. We'd like to go ahead and give a little black-owned business shout out. Mm. And while we are on the topic of black creators, black creatives, black artists, the black renaissance that's happening right now, mm-hmm. I like to shout out a local, um theater production or or organization um, known as TLT Productions. Okay. <laughs> Don't mind me. Uh, TLT Productions. They, like I said, are a local um, group that does theater and art. Um, and they do a lot of musicals and a lot of um, Black shit. Black shit. Black shit. It was founded, <laughs> I believe, uh, by Trayvon Griffin. I think that's his name. Uh, y'all, listen, I'm bad at this. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> let me fact check real quick. Hold on. Give me a second. Where's the website? Pull up the Googles. Where's the website? Why he's doing that? Do what you gotta do, sis. I had to move the mic over to my side. You know, the left side. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but this black renaissance that's happening. You know, the people that follow me on, on Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter again, our Twitter account is at urban underscore proper. Um, let's talk about this black renaissance that's happening. Black artists, black authors. Uh, black entrepreneurs, we want to hear from you. Follow us um, on Instagram as well. Instagram is at Urban Proper Podcast, and on Facebook, um, we're Urban Proper Podcast. So uh, we, we definitely want to hear about you, and, and even if you're not um, a creative, we want to hear about your thoughts on this re- reoccurrence of this resurgence of the Black Renaissance, and um, how you feel about it. Let's talk about that too. So I'm gonna start over with my um, black owned business (laughs) shout out. Now that I have correct information, TLT Productions, as I said, is a local St. Louis based performing, performing arts group. They do plays, they do musicals. I believe they do a concert series potentially. Um, founded by Trayvon Griffith, who is a local black artist. Um, they do great work. And we just want to shout them out and make sure they know that they are the shit. Yeah. 
Um, and with that being said, is there anything you need, anything more you want to add, any more you want to rant about, Sheesh? No, but black artists, um, black business owners, um, black authors, we want to hear from you. We want you. We want to hear from you. We might even might want you to come and sit in with us. Yeah, let's clap. Um... Let's appreciate each other's art. Yes, let's culturally appreciate one another. Yes. Um, I just want to shout myself out because a real thug is playing Tower Girls Pride this weekend. Oh yes. Um, if y'all didn't know, in uh, Saint Louis Fringe. Yo, official information for Saint Louis Fringe has finally arrived. I'll yes. do all that on the next Bust episode. It down for the for the bus down. Yes, Tatiana. Yes. Um. But yeah, so basically, I'm the shit, and I'm gonna be playing a local Pride event here in St. Louis, and I'm super excited. Well, this will be out after Pride. This will be out after Pride. This come out the Monday after Pride. So hopefully you were there. Yeah, you missed out. I had fun. Sorry, not sorry. I'm the shit. Uh, but without that, with with the without that being said, with that being said, uh, I think we out of here for this episode. Yes, and we will see you all next week. Don't forget to follow us, like us, comment. All the things. Comment. We urge you to talk to us on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, because we like to hear from y'all. Yes, and also we had some questions about why we're not on iTunes. We're fighting with iTunes, so iTunes is a bitch and a hoe. Yeah. I think they are getting rid of their of of iTunes. Like iTunes is actually being dissolved, mm. and so they might be going through an issue with that. Mm. Yeah, so what? we're we're working on it. Um, once we figure that out, or what's going on with iTunes platform, we will be there. So for right now, follow us on Spotify, mm-hmm. um, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. And YouTube. Yep. We're everywhere. We want you to hear us. We want you to have access to us. To us. We want you to be able to. Yes. Until next time. Bye.